If you have your Bibles with you, uh, turn to Acts in chapter 28. And we're going to read the last two verses there. Acts chapter 28, the last two verses. The title of our lesson tonight, The Fruits of Our Labor. The Fruits of Our Labor. In the book of Acts, in chapter 28, in the last two verses of that chapter, verses 30 and 31, it says, Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house, and received all, received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. Some might ask, where is the rest of the story? The book of Acts ends kind of in a puzzling way, a way that we don't really have the rest of the story. No, after Luke, he spends several chapters dealing with how God has providentially got the Apostle Paul to Rome to teach them the gospel. It ends with Paul preaching in jail. So... One might ask, what, what happened to Paul? He's under house arrest, waiting for his case to come in front of Caesar. Do we really know what happened to Paul? Does Paul get out of jail? Did Caesar grant him his release? Was he ever able to preach the gospel again as a free man? Luke doesn't answer any of these questions. Of course, we see where the, um, the book ends. It doesn't give us the outcome of the conclusion of Acts. No, Luke leaves the story unfinished. And it's kind of like we're still adding to it today. We're still adding Acts of the church today. As we preach... As we spread the gospel, we continue to do the same things in the Lord's church today as they did in the early church of Acts. Now the book of Acts, it kind of ends in one of those movies that you watch that don't really have an ending. That pop up the big black screen in white letters that says, To be continued. The book of Acts is to be continued. We don't have the ending. You know, the book of Acts is, we can almost refer to it, as kind of like an ongoing story that continues in our time today. As we preach, as we teach, and as we evangelize with the world, we as Christians today are still adding people to the church. Those who we choose to study with, we still add to the church. You know, and after shining, being gracious, laboring for the Lord in our time for Him, and giving God the glory in our daily lives. You know, there are some fruits that should and that will come, and that we can expect to enjoy if we do live our life for the Lord. Let's look at five fruits this evening that us as Christians are able to enjoy if... 
we properly work the field of the lost. Number one, we will enjoy the fruit of confession. I ask you as we start this point, what do you confess to the world today? On a daily basis, when you go out into the world, you go to your workplace, you go to the hallways of school, wherever you might go, what do you confess to the world? By the way you talk, by the way you act, by the people you surround yourself with, by the clothes you wear. How do you confess your life to the world? No, everyone has characteristics in their life that can be very easily seen and pulled out and pointed out just by being around them for a few minutes. The hobbies that you might enjoy, the sports and the activities that you might like to do, maybe where you're from. But there's one thing above all of those that people should be able to point out about us. If we choose to live our life as Christians should. Everybody that we come in contact with, even if they don't know us, should be able to point out that you and I are a Christian. By the way we act, by the way we talk, by the clothes that we wear, people should be able to look at us and say, they're a Christian. Planting the initial seed of evangelism in this way of confessing your life to the world in all of these things that I've stated sends a strong message to the world, a strong message to those that we come in contact with. And it announces who we are at the core of our life. It announces who we are and what our number one priority is. Turn with me to the book of First Peter and over to chapter 4. Let's look at the first five verses there. First Peter chapter 4 and the first five verses. Verse 1 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. How do you confess your life to the world? How do you confess your life to the Lord? No, our lives confess that the gospel is powerful if we live our Christian life as we should and that it has changed our lives for the better. It has changed how we live our lives from living for the world and in the world to living for God. 
You know, you might not think it or you might not see it every day, but people in the world see the difference in us. They see that we don't take part in maybe some conversations at work or some things that happen in the hallways of school. People watch us. You know, and some that see us and do these things, they don't care. They'll do what they do around you. It doesn't matter. But then you have the ones, the very few often, that ask, hey, why, why, aren't, you, why aren't you participating in this over here? Why don't you cuss? Why don't you try to fit in? And what does that do for us? That opens up a door. That opens up a door of evangelism that we should take. We should walk through because that person's interested. And we should take that into consideration. But there's one important point. We must live our life in order for the people around us to ask us or ask us those questions. Ask us why we don't participate in certain things. Ask us why we don't always wear what the majority of the people wear in the world. In Matthew, in the book or chapter 10 there, some people say that Jesus is talking about needing to know what we need to do before baptism. But in context, if you go through and you read that whole chapter, it's really not. It's more talking about the confession that we make daily for Him, that we make daily for Christ, and how we as Christians should show the world why we do what we do for the Lord. The world knows that we are disciples when they see us going to church, when they see us standing against sin, when they see us treating others with kindness, and displaying integrity towards others. The people of the world should see us being a Christian when we choose to go to church instead of going to ball practice, instead of going to that ball game, instead of skipping services just because we didn't feel like coming. But not only the people of the world should see us, and not only are we telling them that it's okay to not come, but what about those children that are in your house? When you say, oh, I don't feel good, yes, the Lord understands when you really don't feel good enough to show up to worship and up to Bible study. But when we choose to not come for some small reason when we could easily come. Those children say, oh, it's okay if mom and daddy did it. So always be that good example to your children as well. Number two, we will enjoy the fruit of curiosity. Inciting curiosity helped create an opportunity for Jesus 
when he come to the woman at the well. That Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 in the first 30 verses. Jesus made her curious about this living water. What is this living water, she asked. She wanted to know what it is. Where and how can I gain access to it? She was also very perplexed that Christ knew so much about her. The details in her life. We see in verse number 9 of John 4 there that the woman was very confused. And after John tells us why it was so radical for Jesus to talk to the Samaritan woman, we see that Christ made her curious and He made her eager to learn about this living water. That door opened when Christ said, And he asked or told her about this living water and she said, what is this living water you talk about? No, Jesus asked her to get a drink of water and surprise, Jesus answered her in verse number 10, if you knew the gift of God and would have asked him, he would have given you this living water. And being confused there in the next verse, in verse number 11, the woman asked, You have nothing to draw with. What are you going to draw with in such a deep well? No, the woman had never heard of living water. It raised her curiosity. And she wants to know more. That's when Jesus, He answered her and He said, All who drink of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water which I give him will never thirst again. It will come in him a well and spring into everlasting life. No, this has struck her and she is continuing to ask Christ questions. That door has opened for Christ. She has asked him one question. Christ walked through the door and He started answering that question and therefore questions started coming. There in verse number 20, the woman asked about the proper place to worship. This woman now, after Christ has raised her curiosity level, she is now on a road, she is now on a journey that Jesus has put her on by making her curious. By sparking up the conversation that Christ did at this time at the well, Christ was able to answer many questions about Himself. And after He has answered these questions to her, she then goes into the city telling all the men, come and listen to Christ what He has to say. You know, in our godly lives should and can also make people curious. They make people curious about our faith and about our love for the Lord and how we shared it with them and how they can share it with others. No, the world is our mission field. 
Therefore, it matters how we live. It matters how we live in the world today. How we choose to carry out our lives. How we choose to talk. What we choose to wear. Are you proclaiming Christ in your everyday lives? No, we must conduct ourselves wisely and Christ-like so people can see the words that we speak and the actions that we have for Christ and for the sake of His cause. Number three, we will enjoy the fruit of a, of a chance or the fruit of opportunity. A chance to talk to somebody concerning their soul. A chance to add another soul to the fold of Christ. No curiosity can help us gain an opportunity to share the gospel with the lost, with the lost rather, but to bring curiosity in the lives of the lost, we must be different. We must live our life in a way that makes that curiosity spark in their mind. We must live different from the world. Paul urges us to pray for evangelistic opportunities and to make the most of them. Turn over with me to the book of Colossians in chapter 4. Colossians in chapter 4, down to verse number 3. Verse 3 there, Paul says, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, Redeeming the time. Brethren, when those evangelistic doors open into someone's heart, redeem the time. Take that opportunity and run with it. You know, Paul says, and we've already stated, that we, it matters how we conduct ourselves in our everyday lives, in the world because we may be given an opportunity to share our faith. We may be given an opportunity to share why we love the Lord and why we do what we do for Him. No, but we don't know when that opportunity will come. Christ didn't know that He was going to walk upon this woman at the well. But lo and behold, she was there. We don't know when that next question might be asked of us. So we better be ready. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. There about middle ways. Be ready in season and out of season. Always be ready to give an answer to anybody who might ask. 
Jesus made the most of the opportunity that he was given with the Samaritan woman as we see in John chapter 4 and verses 25 and 26. Jesus had an open opportunity, an open door to teach somebody about his identity. That he was the Son of God. And so he did. Paul made the most of the opportunity that he was given with the Philippian jailer. Turn over with me to the book of Acts. Down to chapter number 16. And down to verse number 30. Acts in chapter 16. Starting in verse number 30. It says, And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This being the Philippian jailer. And Paul answered him there in verse 31. He says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Verse number 32, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all of his family were baptized. This Philippian jailer was getting ready to slit his throat. He was getting ready to kill himself because he was awoken by a great earthquake and he opens his eyes. All of the jail cell doors are open. He's afraid what might happen to him if he lives by his boss because he's let, he's let all of these prisoners or thought that he has let all of these prisoners escape. But Paul stopped him and he said, Don't harm yourself for we are all still here. Verse number 28. There that evangelistic door opened for Paul. The opportunity was set before Paul to convert the man who was keeping him or watch over him there in prison. You know, if we got put in jail for the cause of Christ, would we be as happy as Paul was? You know, it'd be, a, it'd be very, very, very hard to do. To be as happy as Paul was to be sitting in a jail cell for the cause of Christ. But we see here that it definitely comes out for the better. This opportunity set before Paul to convert the man who was watching over him. The man wanted to know what needed to be done to be saved, and Paul answered him there in verse number 31, or verses 31 through 33. And not only that man, but that man and his household were baptized, were added to the fold of Christ. You know, Paul took that opportunity and ran with it, just as we need to today. If we have an opportunity come in our lives to add just one soul to the church, don't brush it off. Don't take that opportunity for granted. 
but be willing to sit down and to study with that person. No, our Christian influence is so powerful that it, it can incline the world to be more receptive to the truths that we share with them from the gospel. So, if we truly love the Lord and we want to add people to His church, let us always influence the world for the good. Let us always be that good example to the people around us. Do what we can to further the work of the gospel. Number four, we can enjoy the fruit of conversion. After spending time with Jesus, the Samaritan woman was converted. In the book of John and Chapter 4, there in verse number 28, John in chapter 4 and starting in verse number 28, says, Then the woman left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to Him. She was converted after sitting and talking and asking questions to Christ that needed to be answered. And then what did she do? She went and got more people. Christ went from converting one soul to being able to convert multiple souls. The jailer and his family, of course, we know were converted. Acts 16 and verse 33, And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately after, he and all of his family were baptized. Since Paul was so willing to evangelize for the sake of Christ, to sit down and to study with this Philippian jailer, he not only added the jailer to the fold of Christ, but him and his family also. Knowing we must remember in our lives today, it starts with one. And just like in these two cases, as long as many cases in the Bible, it often goes on and it often tells that a multitude of people were added to the fold of Christ because somebody was willing to talk to one. So we don't need to catch ourselves saying, oh, it's just one person. It's not that big of a deal. They probably won't listen anyways. But we should be willing to sit down and study with them because that one person often goes off and tells multiple no and then there's sometimes that there are what we call dry spells when no one wants to hear what we have to say no one wants to sit down and study just like what, when Paul preached in Rome many people obeyed the gospel there but many people didn't in Acts 28 and verses 24 through 28 and we have to understand 
that these are the same results of evangelism today. Not every person that we come in contact with and we want to sit down and study with is going to be willing. But we can't stop there. We must be willing to push forward for Christ. When we teach, when we preach, when we invite, and we try to influence people for the good, teach them how to follow Jesus, some are not going to listen. Some aren't even going to bat an eye at us or towards us or what we have to say. But we can't become discouraged from these. Because there are going to be some, a few, compared to the ones who are not. But there are going to be some who are going to be willing to sit down and listen. Some who are going to say, tell me about this Christ. Tell me about the Lord in whom you love. And those are the ones that make it worth the wait. Your Christian walk started with somebody. Your Christian walk started with the influence of a family member, the influence of someone you love or someone you come in contact with every day that helped you and taught you the Bible and to find your way to Christ. So once we become that Christian, we move from the one being taught to the teacher. We move from the one who was being evangelized to to the evangelist. And let us do our work for the Lord. No, our walk started with the godly influence of someone. So let us be the godly influence for someone in the future. No, we can't control whether people obey the gospel or not. But I promise you one thing. If we don't open up our mouth and tell them about the gospel, they might not ever hear it. They might not have the opportunity to turn it down. But I would rather give somebody the opportunity to turn down the gospel than then for them to look at me on the day of judgment and say, you never mentioned Him to me. We control whether the people of the world hear the Word, and we control whether they see a godly example. So I encourage you tonight, be a contributor to the cause of Christ. Be willing to do your part in adding people to the fold. Number five, really quickly. We enjoy the fruit of contribution. We contributed to the fold of Christ when we were baptized into Christ, Mark 16 and verses 15 and 16. And let us as children of His live in a way that will bring glory and honor to His name and to convert others, to be that good example. As read in our reading in Galatians 2 and verse number 20, we have been crucified with Christ and we must let Him live through us. We are called to
to be His people. We are called to let Him live through us. Let His example live through our life. Studying with others and teaching others about God's Word is necessary to keep the church growing. And it's up to us as Christians to do so. We are to add to the church and grow as a church until the Lord returns. So tonight, ask yourself, what are the fruits of my labor? How many people have been added to the fold of Christ, to the church, because of my evangelism? Maybe you answer none. Because maybe you yourself have been living of the world instead of being that godly example that we know that we should be. Maybe you haven't been that example to your family, to your co-workers, and you need prayer for forgiveness. You need prayer for strength. Because the world that we live in today is a very tough world to live in. But you have a church family around you that's very willing to help guide you. Or maybe tonight you need to obey the gospel. You need to be added into the fold of Christ tonight. To start your walk with Him and to start your evangelist or your evangelistic walk and add souls to His fold. Whatever your need may be, would you please come together as we stand and as we sing.